What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. And it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a it's dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Evan, thanks for the time this Tuesday afternoon, sir. Hi, boys. How are you? How are you, hey, Evan? Before we get into dollars and cents and Jordan Montgomery, how special was it? I know the relationship you have with Adrian Beltre is a, is a good one. How special was it to see him act like a kid at Cooperstown last week after the news of him going into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it was it was really cool. I I, I don't know if I um, was able to translate it quite as well as I would have liked to in print but I, I, I you know you're standing there with a hall of famer watching him kind of go through uh the hall of fame and there were two things that really stood out for me one is there's this uh there's this video when you first come into the hall of fame and you sit down in the theater it's like a 17 minute video and there's a bunch of hall of famers talking about the hall of fame and it's all for that, that that's all for fans right but i watched ripkin and i watched henry aaron and i watched Juan marichelle all say these things to Adrian Beltre through this video that Adrian himself had said in the previous 24 hours. And like, so the, I'm, I'm watching him and it's, it's like, it's sinking into him that, yeah, you are one of these guys, you know, you, you do belong here. And then there was another instance where at the Latin baseball exhibit, uh, Jaime Herrin, who, who did the Dodgers forever in Spanish and is, is, is considered a hall of famer, won the Ford Frick award for, for sports casting is not is narrating this this video on Latin American players and uh Adrian's watching it in front of the screen and Harin Jaime did the games when Adrian first came up in 98 and he considered him a hall of famer he considered Jaime a hall of famer at that point in time and then all of a sudden Adrian pops up on the video hitting a home run from one knee and Jaime's talking about Adrian in the hall of fame to a hall of famer and it's just like there's just so many layers there of awesomeness that that it was it was really hard for me to 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 comprehend. The Bally's TV deal is it feels like that's holding everything up right now in the in the off season. We heard that there might be some resolution soon with Amazon, but haven't really had anything concrete happen yet. Where are we at in this whole situation? Listen, I think that uh, I think where most of these teams are concerned now, I think they've got a, an idea that they're going to get some money. They're, they're not going to be left holding the, the absolute bag. And and so I think it's a little bit different than it was in December. Um, that said, I, I don't think anybody's going to get their, their full contracted figures. And, and that's, you know, unfortunate. Uh, but I don't know that at this point in time, Simply waiting for the TV deals to be finalized is what's holding up the market. I, I think that 
honestly, I think the market is just kind of what it is. Um, what, what's, what's interesting to me is that, you know, that Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell still sit out there unsigned, and, and they're both represented by Scott Boris, and I don't know if he's playing a game of chicken with teams or, or what, but it is, it's one that I haven't quite figured out. And I know that's going to lead into Jordan Montgomery talk. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, so you got to know him a little bit while he was here, helped obviously win a World Series. He was great. How much does he want to be here, or what are you hearing about his want to come back to Texas, or is he just standing back and letting his agent pretty much dictate where he's going to go? Look, I, I think all things considered, he'd, he'd love to be back here. Um, but I don't think it's – I don't know that it's to a point where he has told Scott Boris take less money to go to Texas. Um, I don't think that that he would turn his nose up at somebody that offers what I think Boris has been seeking, which is at least five years and $25 million and probably a sixth year. Um, and so, uh, sure, he'd like to be back here. Who, who wouldn't like to be back in a place where you pitched really well, where you won a World Series, where, where you were appreciated? Um, but it's one thing to say you want to be back here. It's something else to say I'm, I'm willing to take less money. And, and I don't know that the Rangers would be significantly involved unless there was a situation where Montgomery was willing to say, okay, I don't, I don't need $25 million. Let's talk about less. Our pal Evan Grant of the Morning News talking Rangers with us here on the Sweet Spot. Evan, if you don't mind, if you could lay out some of the things you wrote in your column today on uh, SportsDayDFW.com about the the punitive cost of getting a Jordan Montgomery back and just being over the tax threshold and just what all that means for Ray Davis and company. Well, I, I, I listen, I, let, let's Sean, let's state this, right? Ray Davis owns a team that's probably worth $3 billion right now, yeah. and I don't want to cry poor for any owner, but when you're operating a business, there are things that, you know, there are things that you do keep in mind. And the Rangers with the signing of David Robertson and Travis Jankowski pushed their payroll to about $242 million. That, that also accounts for whatever ends up happening on the Adolis Garcia contract. It's either going to be, it's going to be somewhere between five and $7 million when it's all said and done. Um, and so they're, they're now over the threshold as, as a second-time taxpayer, uh, the penalty rate goes from 20% on the overage to 30%. Uh, at this point in time, that's not a significant number of dollars. It's another half a million, I think, over what they paid last year. But if you sign Jordan Montgomery, you're going to pay 30% now on what you sign Jordan Montgomery because every dollar is above the threshold. So right. a $25 million contract for Jordan Montgomery is more like – more like a $32.5 million a year contract for Jordan Montgomery. Also, it pushes you really close to the next layer of, of taxes, um, which would then carry into um, an additional um, 12 point. Actually, if you do sign Montgomery, you'd go over the next threshold into the range where your tax rate would then jump to 42.5%. Wow. So, it goes even higher, and then you, you potentially get to a point where you're come the deadline, if you need to add more players and you, you take on more more salary, you're potentially pushing up against $40 million over the threshold, which is where you start to lose um, some gravity with your draft picks. You drop back 10 spots, 
with draft picks and other more punitive things come into play. And so can Ray Davis afford it? Yeah, Ray Davis can afford it. Is it smart business? I don't know if it's smart business. Um, Would Jordan Montgomery help this team for 2024? Absolutely. But I think the bigger question involved still is for this team to create the dynastic approach that it, or the dynastic type team that it would like to have, you know, it's going to require this farm system to develop and produce some starting pitching. And that is the core issue here. Um, you sign Jordan Montgomery to a five-year deal. You're going to be running up against the payroll, against the payroll tax year after year after year. Those penalties only get worse. Um, and it doesn't solve the issue that at some point, Jack Leiter or Owen White or Cole Wynn or um, Kamar Rocker and, and on and on, those guys have got to step forward and contribute at the big league level. Let's talk about those young guys for a little bit because Jack Leiter was drafted second overall a few years ago. Kumar Rocker, I think he's still going to miss a lot of this season uh, with injury. But do you think any of those guys that you mentioned will be close to being ready to, to cracking the rotation this season? I, I think, look, if Kamar's not – if Kamar factors in in any way, I would think it would be as a reliever at the end of this year. Because like you said, David, he's going to be, he's going to be out for most of the year. Um, Jack made progress after this redevelopment plan, but the first half of last season was a step backwards for him. Uh, and so it's it's impossible for me to sit here and say, do I think he's going to be part of the, their rotation by the end of 2024? The Rangers certainly hope he's in position to do that, but he's going to have to throw more strikes in games before I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to say he's on the verge. I think you look at guys like Owen White, who um, did have a little bit more success uh, compared to Lighter last year, but he also kind of took a little bit of a step backwards um, in his development last year. And you look at a guy like Zach Kent, who I really like uh, when he's healthy. I think he's got really good spin. I think he's got uh, uh, he's got perhaps the best breaking ball in the system. Um, I don't think any of us thought Cody Bradford would be in the mix for a rotation spot at the beginning of last year, and he was. Uh, and so it's going to take somebody who we may not be expecting or counting on to really take a step forward because I do think that, that Leiter and White still have a ways to go this year before you can count on them as, as rotation solutions. Evan, do you think fans are presuming too much about DeGrom coming back later in the summer and being right after a second Tommy John? You know, people always say it's the second year after Tommy John when pitchers really see see results. Um, the the thing I, I don't think you can just apply that a hundred percent. Jacob is such a a precise, uh, well um, well oiled mechanically that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes if, if he's healthy and he comes back and he finally has this like thing out of his head that my my elbow my elbow my elbow I think he could pick up right where he left off but yeah I mean in general guys do go through a little bit of a period where they they struggle with their command or they struggle with their stuff um, as they get used to and in a lot of cases I don't think this is really going to be possible for Jacob Degrom given his velocity but in a lot of cases guys are dealing with a little bit more velocity for the first time and so they have to get used to that um, I. I think that in theory, the Rangers have five Cy Youngs and three 
really good pitchers that they could have as second-half additions in DeGrom, Scherzer, and Tyler Malley. Uh, but that's all great. They've still got to get through the first half. And I think before it's all said and done, guys, I think you will see them add another pitcher or two. It might even be after the start of camp, once you can put all those guys on the 60-day DL and have more room on the 40-man. But I do think you'll see them add another body or two. And it may not be something really sexy, and it may not be something that you look at as a long-term solution. But the, the idea is going to be, hey, get us through the first half of the year with some depth because we've got reinforcements on the way. And I know we just had Fan Fest this past weekend. What's your um, what's the temperature on Adolis? Because everybody was a little surprised a few weeks back when they traded arbitration figures. They were the furthest apart of any club and player in baseball. Yeah, um, I, listen, I honestly – I'm not as educated on the arbitration system as I should be, but I think the comp for Adolis was Kyle Tucker, who lost his arbitration hearing last year and got $5 million. Uh, so I think that the Rangers, the, the Rangers comp is probably not a bad comp at all if, they, if they've used Kyle Tucker. Um, I think the difficult part about all this is, is just the emotions. You know, Adolis, is a heart and soul kind of player. Uh, he won the ALCS MVP, and I think a lot of fans probably think the same way Adolis did. I really contributed. I made a difference. Um, give me the reward that I feel like I deserve. And that that's all a really valid point. But I also think that the, the arbitration system is based almost on what I would say is almost organized collusion because of the way the team's work together in right. terms of, of coming up with arbitration numbers. And this is just the system. And and I really do think when it's all said and done, he's going to have a contract. It's going to probably be more than $5 million because I think either he'll, either he'll win his case or the sides will come to an agreement. Um, and I think everything will be put behind him at that point in time. But he did acknowledge on Friday that he's a little bit disappointed he also acknowledged that it is that this is part of the business and it is what it is, and that's all he really can do at this point is just kind of throw your hands up and say, "I'm going to show up, I'm going to play, and I and, and the rest will take care of itself." I would think if there was a real problem, you wouldn't have seen Adolis Garcia at FanFest, you wouldn't have seen him at the awards banquet, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have seen him show up with with a suit jacket and no shirt on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think. Well, you did the same thing too, Evan. So I mean, that's just the look these days. Guys, I thought when I was going to present the Good Guy Award, I'm going to have I'm going to tell you that I thought about going to the restroom before I presented the Good Guy Award and taking off my my shirt and walking up there with just a suit jacket on. But um, I, I, my wife was there, and I didn't want to embarrass her that much. Ah, so uh, she knows I, what I, she signed up for. Yeah, right. The whole lot of me. I I, I think when it's all said and done, it, it, it's a it, it's a business element, and it's it's not the most. It, it's a little bit awkward and all of that, but I think when when we get the spring training, uh, you're going to have the same Adolis Garcia you've had for the last three years. Evan, we had you on in, in mid-November, and we're all on cloud nine after the World Series. We're looking at free agency, and we have the pipe dreams of Otani and Josh Hader and Blake Snell. And when you were on, you were, you were saying, all right, tap the brakes. They're probably not going to spend too much money this offseason. Is what they're doing, is this kind of what you expected? 
Pretty much, yeah. You know, I I did not think they were going to be legitimate players in Otani, and I and I did not think it made a lot of sense for them based on what I thought Hater was going to get um, for them to invest that kind of money in a closer. They do need a closer this year, but five years and a hundred million dollars on a closer is just considered, you know, not a great expense. Um, and I, and I think that when you look at this lineup there really isn't much that needed to be done with this lineup, especially with the possibility that you might have two really good candidates for rookie of the year in your lineup in Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford. So what I was hearing was that there wasn't going to be a huge expenditure. I didn't hear that this club was going to take a take a step backwards in terms of payroll. And they haven't Their Their payroll is going to go up from where it was last year, but I didn't think that they were going to make a drastic uh, third year of investments. And quite frankly, I'm not so sure that I would have said it's great business to go, you know, uh, burden yourself with over a billion dollars in long-term contracts in a three-year period. Um, all of that said, you could still make the case that you've got a good pitcher out there who has expressed interest in returning. Um, and if you want to, you can afford him. Is it a great business decision? Don't know. But I think if you want to bring him back here, you can afford him. That's that's not a question about whether or not you can afford a guy. Well, Evan, no matter what, the Texas Rangers are still world champions, and we that's thank right. you for your time, and we'll talk to you very soon, my friend. Guys, I'm sorry I prattled on. I'm just having a hard time forming words, but that's it's okay. Uh, par for the course. I love your words, Evan. All right, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll read you All in right, the morning news. Take care, guys. There he goes, Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, Rangers beat writer. We are a couple of weeks away from pitchers and catchers. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school. Yeah, I just me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.